0: Ducks fans are you ready you are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast this is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis here we go Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have tons of news to cover for you. Uh, We did a couple shows in the last week. Uh, Eddie and I had our weekly show. Uh, You can go back and check that one out, and then uh, Jordan Samuels-Thomas joined me to talk about Silverberg on uh, our own kind of separate show and of course there's more silverberg news so we we did an all-star silverberg show and now we're gonna do the non-all-star silverberg show and we'll get to all of that news we'll also talk about the games this week uh call it the good the bad and the ugly uh nashville columbus and dallas the the games that they played Plenty of uh, team news to get to, and also league news as well, uh, a bunch of it involving the All-Star game too, so we'll cover that as we go through the show. We also talked to uh, Eric Stevens just before the show about Silverberg and, and not being in the All-Star game, and why Getzloff's not replacing him and things like that, so we'll, we'll kind of dive into that throughout the show too. So Let's start off, Eddie. Uh, the Ducks came back home, three-game homestand. They played the Nashville Predators in the first uh, of these three games. And this was the good. This was the best game uh, of these three. The, the Ducks went back and forth with Nashville. It looked like they were maybe going to blow them out or, or take them out of commission in the second period in this game. They had rattled off three goals, including uh, including two power play goals, and were up 4-2. Got a little lazy in the third, Uh, Nashville came back, but then the Ducks went into overtime and a shootout, and of course, the captain, Ryan Getzloff, won it for the Ducks. Uh, This game, obviously, was the most exciting game of the week, Uh, Eddie. It seemed that we started out strong. Uh, We'll get to the other two games, which weren't so great, but in this one, this was highly entertaining.
1: Oh, you had everything in this game. You had a tough physical battle. You had both teams making great plays. You saw Gibson... With a game saver on Grimaldi's breakaway that by inches saved the Ducks from losing. You saw Delarue drop the the gloves against our favorite player Austin Watson. <laughs> uh, Watson got his ass kicked. So that was really really fun to see. And then you you, you top it off with someone that you know that leads by example and the, the person that we always say to shoot more. Just like uh, Jordan uh, Samuel Thomas said, you know when Getzlaf needs to shoot. Well, he shot and won the game in the shootout. It was just an overall fun game. I was watching it with people that really aren't hockey fans, and they were entertained by it. It was just one of those games where, like, okay, I hope the Ducks can pick up steam and have momentum beating Nashville. And (laughs) it tops it off with Nashville. I think everyone's joking around. I think you said it on, on Ducks and Pucks, Mike. Like, oh, this is, here's the goal or something that cost the coach his, uh, his job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that was the crazy thing. So after the Ducks beat Nashville <laughs> and they fire their coach, and we're like, whoo, what's going on here? You know, we made a joke on Twitter about, hey, uh, did Getzloff uh, get their coach fired? So... Uh, I mean, of course, you know, they're they, they, they talking that there were issues going on before and leading up to this and yada, yada, yada. But it was just funny, the timing, that the Ducks did beat them, and then it happened right after that. So that that was pretty hilarious. But this game was uh, exciting all the way around. As you talked about, Eddie, we had Delorier, the league leader in fights, right? He got in a fight in this game. He also got in one in uh, Dallas as well. Um, so that was right off the bat in the beginning of this game uh three seconds in right after the uh face-off so of course all the uh, comments came in about watson which i'm gonna refrain from saying but <laughs> there were a lot of comments i as you... think
1: i think we all know <laughs> yeah and I... I think we all know the comments so
0: yeah i think we all knew he had a little bit of a domestic violence issue should we say right and uh somehow he's still playing on nashville but anyways um yeah th- this game was exciting um In terms of goals, you saw Sprong was in there, too. He got one on the power play. Uh, Henrique had a couple goals. Uh, Fowler had a laser of a goal in this one. And it was exciting. Like you talked about, too, in the uh, overtime, uh, Gibson made a huge save to keep the game going uh, Getzov actually almost won the game with a really nice pass too uh, But it just it just didn't connect uh, in that extra session I did think the Ducks could have won this in regulation though They did have a 5-on-3 uh, power play also in that second period I mean granted they got two power play goals I don't want to get greedy right That That's a lot of power play goals and uh, a game for this team But this was an exciting game The Ducks won of course can't stand Nashville um, And on a personal note, too, as, as you know from when we did the weekly show last week, I talked about my mom and how she passed away, and and, and when I was in Vegas. But uh, Phil Hewlett was able to arrange a little uh, nice note on the scoreboard there about my mom, uh, you know, uh, basically saying for her to rest in peace. You know, being a Ducks fan from '93, uh, so that was nice. He did that, and then the Ducks pull off this win. So I mean, it was just it was just crazy because it was my first game back, uh, obviously at Honda Center since that happened and um, it just was a feel-good win all the way around. There was everything in it, like you said, good saves, uh, fights, goals galore in this one, and the best of all, the Ducks pulled it off.
1: Oh, exactly. I think the Ducks had a little bit of help from someone upstairs on this game, and that was really cool of Phil to do that, and, and also for the Ducks to, to display that too. So thank you to, to Phil and the Ducks too. It's just uh, I'm pretty sure that was just uh, – Kind of like tear wrenching, Mike. You see that, but I, I know you probably felt some sense of joy and happiness seeing your mom up there and uh, on the board right there and, and being that Ducks fan since '93. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, just the perfect game, and I'm glad it turned out the way it did. And it's a good game to to kind of like I guess rest, like have your mom rest. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I remember the, when my grandma passed away, I needed some time, and you know, watching a few games after that, and like some games I just felt like oh. It's like I had my grandma right there watching it with me, so that that was just probably my favorite part of the game when seeing that. So there's uh, absolutely amazing, man. I'm kind of tearing up over here talking about it.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, Phil and I have been uh, good friends, you know, uh, for a while now. Uh, We have the same birthday, so we always joke and we're born in January, like just like you're born in January. So you know, go team Capricorn uh, if you're a Capricorn out there, but. Uh, Yeah, it was nice of him to do that, you know, and he's obviously helped me a lot with doing the podcasting and and making this show a lot better. I mean, it's come a long way from what it was six years ago, so it was awesome for them to do that, and I felt the same thing. Like you said, I felt like she was there, and then they won, and then (laughs) I was like, okay, let's try to win two in a row, right? Because the Ducks haven't won two in a row since like the Stone Age, and uh, they had to play Columbus next, and then, of course, Dallas, and we all know they lost both those games, and I was just like, damn it. I'm like, well... Hey, at least we got got one win, at least on that day, kind of meant a lot to me. So um, they pulled that one out, as we talked about, and then they went into this game against Columbus, and I actually thought that, I mean, this game was bad in the sense that the Ducks lost, and I think they they, um, had some bad luck, though, in this one. I mean, this game... To me, the Ducks actually played a pretty decent game. We saw Getzloff get on the board right away, so he had that shootout uh, game winner. In Nashville. He gets a goal just three minutes into this game. Things look good. Uh, Columbus answers back, uh, but the Ducks get uh, back on the board in the second period. You know, uh, Kasha gets one early in the second. Things look good. The Ducks are actually playing decent. They're out shooting uh, the Blue Jackets. They actually outshot them this game forty to twenty-seven. Another uh, you know high shot game for the Ducks. But then they had a sequence of bad events happen towards the end of the second period. Um, They had a goal that was scored. They challenged it for offsides. Uh, Again, kind of like when I talked about uh, the Manson um, issue uh, back in the Vegas game because I was there. You know, we don't get to see all of the uh, replays that you get to see at home. So I was there at the game. Post that video asking people what they saw. Then I went back home and re watched again. Anytime there's a controversial play, you know, Eddie and I talk about this, we go back and like to re watch it so that way when we're on the show and we talk to you, we have as many of the angles that we can to possibly see it. Um, And in this one, the Ducks challenged uh, for the offsides, it went against them, so of course they got a penalty. And then Columbus scored again, and now we went from the Ducks being up two to one down three to two, and they couldn't recover and they lost this game. Um you know it just it's kind of frustrating. You felt like they um maybe could have won it if they didn't have that bad sequence right there Eddie and we'll kind of dive into a little bit more but what did you see in this game? The Ducks they outshot Columbus. They won the faceoff battle. Uh they couldn't get anything done on the power play, but I just felt like the end of the second period really did them in in this game.
1: Yeah, you you really can't ask for more, especially when the Ducks start shooting more. Uh, yeah, I mean, like maybe some of those shots weren't quality shots, and they were just sh- like directly at the goalie, and he had, you know, a vision. He can see them. there was no, you know, someone blocking his view. But the only thing that matters is they're trying to improve on, on what they've been struggling with. So them sh- like out shooting opponents, especially with that Nashville that first period, and then this game, and with the, the, <laughs> the like almost over 50% or just under 50% in the faceoff circle. That's just amazing. It, it, the only bad thing, and we talk about this too a lot, is the, the power play. They went 0 for 2. and If you think if they would have just scored on, on one of those man advantages, it would have been different. I know a lot of people were upset about the, that offside challenge and how it was you know, still called a goal. But after looking at it and hearing the explanation, I, I agree with, with the NHL and I agree with the officials. They got that call right. Um, just change roles if that same thing happened, but it was a Nash, uh Columbus Blue Jackets player hitting the puck in, and the Ducks scored. Do uh, you get to look at it at that point of view? You can't just be biased because thinking everyone's against the Ducks because it, it, it was just a, it was the right call, the right play. And unfortunately, it, it seemed like that kind of like declined the Ducks after that. It's like they get that call didn't go their way, and they just kind of just gave up already. And so that's frustrating to see when you don't. You know, especially some of these calls has been happening all season. It seems like when you when you see that, like the Ducks just like throw their shoulders down. They're just kind of like like pretty much let that defeat them.
0: Yeah, and that that was an issue in the Dallas game too that we'll get to, and a fan question that we'll talk about in a minute. But but that's what I felt about that play too. And at the time, it looked like Lindholm didn't hit the puck, being there in person. And then when I went back and and saw. The video there's also the one that the uh, the explanation that they put out too and you can see the other angle where he does actually hit it so I saw some people that are confused about the rule and what's going on you have to remember if the puck is before the blue line the skater can actually be in the attacking zone he can touch that puck it's not off sides the player's body might physically be offside But the puck is not offside until it actually crosses the blue line. So some people were saying at that moment, well, the blue jacket player touched it. The whistle should have been blown. No, that's not true. He could have skated back out or he could have touched up and then brought the puck in. Once Lindholm knocked it back into the zone, it wiped that out. That's the way the rule works. It's rule 83 Uh, in the CBA. You can look it up. but. Um, you know, whether you agree with the rule or not, I mean, that that's the way it is. So, unfortunately, Lindholm hits it and knocks it back towards the offensive zone. You can see that clearly uh, on one of the video angles, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it went down. And then, like you said, the bad thing is you get penalized, which is another rule that, again, you could argue that too as well. You challenge and you, and you get penalized. You know, why? I have mixed feelings about that. But, I mean, that happened and the Ducks gave up a goal. So, I mean, it's tough. But... You and I talked about Dallas Aikens and his unwillingness to challenge as much. I actually was glad that he challenged this one because it was a really close play. It just kind of backfired on the Ducks, unfortunately.
1: Oh yeah, I was happy that he went and challenged it too. Like yeah, it was one of those close ones. We've seen him in the past; could have challenged things that he didn't, but he. I see like he's he's getting more comfortable in the head coaching role, and he doesn't seem to be worrying about like it's his job on the line, and I'm hopefully management talk to him saying okay you know we get what's going on we get it's the process like don't think that all because you start losing or you have a ter- terrible first season that we're all like just going to give up to you and, and, and fire you so i i don't know if that played a factor in it but it's good to see him going out there and challenging it i wanted to, to note the one of the goal scorers nathan grubay he's listed as 5-4 he's the shortest uh player in the nhl right now i don't even know if nhl history uh, I think he's 5'7 with skates on, but the NHL app has him at 5'4. It's just kind of crazy, someone that's small. And he can still – and, yeah, he's not, like, lighting it up. He only has five points, you know, in the nine games he's played. But it's just, you know, for those of you that people tell you you're too small and you're too small to do this, like, this is one of the examples of, you know, hey, he's 5'4 and he's over there playing in the NHL. So that's pretty good to see. I just wanted to throw it out there
0: yeah no you're right and I mean the the scoring ability the way to crash the net and do that I mean that was huge and that and that goal I know some people did look at that too and they thought about the goalie interference but if you look after the review of that one the puck actually goes in before there's contact made with the goalie so to me there was there wasn't any question about goalie interference so Dallas Akins was correct to go for the offsides challenge there and it was a close play. Um, you know, it it still was close, even though it went against the Ducks, unfortunately, there. But I think the worst part is then they gave up that goal on the uh, penalty kill after that. So that was, you know, the big turning point in this game. That just sucked. That was the bad part, you know, this game. I thought the Ducks could have won this one. That happened. And then uh, they didn't really have an answer in the third period. Uh, Columbus scored late. And then, of course, the Ducks score late. Uh, You see Kasha get his second uh, in this game. And actually, he had a really good game. But uh, just not enough for the Ducks to get it going. So they ended up losing this game. But they also got a lot of, uh, of good news about players coming back that we'll talk about after the Dallas game, too. So there was some of that. One bad thing that did happen, though, was Silverberg got hurt in this game, did not return. He also did not play uh, in the Dallas game, which we'll talk about, um, the, basically the ugly game of the week uh, in terms of what happened on the ice. Eddie went with me to the game. And the Ducks in this one didn't do anything as far as scoring goals. They got shut out 3-0 in this one. Um, you know, uh, there was a power play goal by Dallas in the first period, which was fine. And then there was complete bullshit uh, goal in the second period. Sorry, that's what it was. Uh, Jones was called for a high-sticking play in which one of the Dallas players hit his own player. And then, of course, uh, Dallas scores on that power play to take a 2 nothing lead, talking about, you know, things going bad for the Ducks. And they never really recovered from that. They were down uh, 2-0, ended up going down 3-0, and they, and they never rallied in this game. Uh, that's unfortunate. It's another bad you know uh, situation there. And this game, though, they did not play that well, uh, unfortunately, uh, overall. They just, I don't know. We talked about the Ducks and having energy and and, and you know playing a 60-minute game. I thought they did uh, pretty well, obviously, in the Nashville game going back and forth. Even in the Blue Jacket game, it wasn't the best, but they still overall could have won that game. But uh, this game, especially with honoring Perry and Cogdano, uh, to me, Eddie, the performance on the ice was a little bit of a letdown.
1: Oh, yeah. It seemed like they had a Disneyland hangover or something. I don't know what the hell they were going on. They, were, they didn't come to play. They just seemed to be going through the motions. I think the only player that actually showed up was John Gibson. He made some outstanding saves. Uh, the two goals that were scored on him were absolutely beautiful goals. And I don't think... Any goaltender, minus Patrick Wall or Dominic Hastic kind of goaltenders, would have blocked those shots. They were just, just perfectly well-timed, amazing plays. Uh, I, I don't know what was up with the Ducks last night. It just it, it was unfortunate. I'm glad I was there with you, and we saw a, a bunch of other friends, too. I joked with the Jen Franklin, thanks for listening, you by the way, about I'd rather go watch The Bachelor than watch the Ducks play <laughs> the, the game. It was just... It was just really just going through the motions. It, then, like, nothing really significant stood out until DeLaurier dropped the gloves, and then and everyone went crazy. And then Manson would delivered a huge hit, and the crowd went nuts. But then, after that, it was just kind of dull. Uh, I mean, it was the country night. Um, it, it was supposed to be a theme night. It didn't really... I don't know. I didn't really have that, like... It, just, it didn't seem like they were ready to play. I guess that's the nicest way to put it. Uh, it's just one of those games too, and I'm starting to think I'm a bad luck curse because I'm one in six this season and going to games. So I might have to, like, not go to games anymore or something. I don't know. Yeah, I got to
0: suspend you.
1: I know. Like parent, <laughs> I'm going to po- suspend you. <laughs> You're going to post it on Ducks and Pucks. You know, Eddie is suspended for five games coming up or something. But, I mean, it, I still had a good time. It was fun. Uh, Mike got me a, a birthday present, which was freaking awesome. It just That just, like, started the, the whole day better. Like after driving in traffic and coming to that, and hanging out with Mike and stuff, and seeing everyone, I saw a bunch of my teammates. So I think that the experience of you know being there and the atmosphere and the people I was with kind of made that game better for me. But the performance on the ice was it's absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah, like we said, this was the ugly game of the three, and I think part of the frustration is I know we're in the rebuild and we talk about this and the expectations aren't as high, but you got to remember all three of these teams played the Kings the night before. So, I mean, come on, you, you, you got to think that you're going to try to win at least two out of three of these, you know, I mean, or if not three out of three, I mean, they, they played the night before, yeah, the professional athletes, I get it, they play back to back, but I'm just, that was kind of irritating too, because it's like you can't, I, I don't know, with the Dallas game, I thought they'd count a little bit stronger, um, obviously the first period was super emotional, they had two uh, video tributes, one for Corey Perry, uh, one for Andrew Cognato, Posted those all over social media. Uh, they're up on our YouTube channel too, uh, youtube.com slash podcast. Of course, it's the stuff that the Ducks made, so it, it, that's their videos. We don't get any any kind of monetary thing for it, but we posted it out there for you. They, of course, posted out a bunch of the, uh, their stuff as they usually do. And I think the one that was interesting that they didn't show at the arena, but they posted on social media, Eddie, and you and I talked about this, was Perry when he went and talked to the owners and Getzloff and some of the players. Um, and it was interesting because he got really teary-eyed and emotional. And I I wish they would have shown that at the arena. They, they showed the regular video, obviously, and then we reposted it. But it was, it was you know, to see that, you could tell from there, whether you like him or not, and we'll talk about a poll question we did too in a minute here because uh, that's how we get a lot of you involved. And I'll read some of your comments as well. There's, there's some interesting uh, takes on this. But uh you could tell he didn't want to he didn't want to be gone he didn't want to leave the team eddie uh he was really emotional in, in that video and if you didn't watch it the ducks posted it on their social media I'd go back and check it out
1: yeah that's just that's pure passion pure emotion it just that i, I really wish the ducks had posted that it, it just you, you saw him up there trying to you know I, i'm sure he had a speech prepared and he couldn't even do his speech He nope. just all the emotions got to him and it was kind of choking me up, and I, I've never been that big of a Perry fan. I'm not gonna act like I was. I, I wasn't, but seeing that, I just really appreciated everything he's done for this organization. The blood, the sweat, the tears. He's just you know one of those players that just gave his heart and soul to the organization. Yeah, maybe his point production didn't see it that way. Uh, come you know later on down the road, but he really loved this team, and he loves you know the fans and Anaheim and being part of the Ducks organization. So it, it was just one of those moments where you just stop and think like, man, this guy is just, he's trying to keep his composure and he couldn't, he's a human being. And, you know, for him, he just, he's just like a little kid again, just talking about and, and just being part of the game that he loves. And that's one thing I love about these athletes. Like they're not afraid to hold back their tears or the, and they're, they're not afraid to be themselves or be human. Like you see other athletes they, they try to act, a certain way or they try to act like they're above everybody else but i think this like, hockey players are some of the classiest and decent people and and for some of you listening like whoever you've met like i bet you nine times nine times out of ten the players that you met always were, were courteous and great to be around yeah you have the, the occasional bad apples here and there catching players on bad days like i have before too and but it's, just, it's all goes with it. So, I, I, like I said, I'll say this every show if I have to. I'll say this till the day I die. But I love being part of this game. I love being part of this sport. It just—I I can't see my life being anything but hockey. So it's just seeing that from Perry. It just kind of like had my heart beating an extra beat for him. And you know, thank you, Perry, for everything you've done for the organization. You best believe I was on my feet clapping for you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, everybody was. Uh, that was the interesting thing. And that's why uh, we posted a poll question on Facebook to see you know people's reaction. You and I were talking about on the way home from the game. We're trying to figure out how to word it. And I ended up changing it last second. But I put one on there, You know, do you miss Perry? And it was interesting the, the way the voting went uh, because I've talked to a lot of people and I get mixed reactions. I get people that do, and then people that don't, and then we'll kind of talk about some of their uh, quotes that some of you put here on Facebook. But in terms of the vote, it's still active right now. You can go on there on Facebook and, and, and check it out. But it's 79% said, yes, you miss Perry uh, as far as being on the team. Now, of that though, there's a lot of people that miss Perry being on the team and then have a butt after it, right? They're like, well, there's this. So we had one Uh, Andrew, he said, you know, I miss his shenanigans and his love for the community. I don't miss his recent play, last three years. Um, Another person, Franco, said, I miss the 2010-2011 Perry. So there's comments like that coming in. Um, Trying to look here and see what some of the other people said. But um, a lot of it was more his production down the road. that they looked at and that was another one we had Jeff on here said the same thing You know, he, he felt like you and I did got choked up seeing him tear up and everything from the video but it was about the production and he wasn't uh, producing anymore which is kind of interesting so I, I wanted to go back and look at these stats um, I, we use hockey reference uh, by the way for our stats so Perry's like most decent season I guess the last one with the Ducks was 2015-2016 he had 34 goals 28 assists and he was at 62 points. So people talk about the last three years, right? So I don't really count 2018-19, because he was injured, he only played 31 games. But if you look at the two before that, he had uh, 53 points, where he had 19 goals and 34 assists. And then in 2017 and 18, he had 49 points, uh, 17 goals and 32 assists. So his point production went down a little bit, not as much, I think, as some people are, are, are stating. I, I think the big question here, Eddie, and we could talk about this here and weigh in a little bit, is about the goal production. He was you know, scoring 30, 40 goals pretty much every season since 2010 and 11 when he when he scored 50. Uh, you can't count the 2012 and 13 season. That was a lockout season. But he did have 15 and a half of that season. So he was still in that, most likely in the 30-plus range. And it went down. Um, it seems like a lot of people... Uh, harp on him because of the goal scoring I, I think he still had his point production up there but what do you think as far as in terms of assists and goals and his overall play you know a lot of people harping on him the last three years granted I don't count the last year he was hurt but the the two years after his most productive season how do you look at it do you think it's a, a point thing do you think it's a goal thing or, or why do you think people were so kind of frustrated with him in the last couple seasons
1: I think uh, part of it is his contract—the uh, 8.6 million he was making—and and, I mean, yeah, it, him scoring those amount of points, it'd be decent for a, a five or maybe a six million dollar player. But the amount he he was getting paid and and not producing were uh, an 8.5 million player should be producing. Some uh, people have to realize too when they they sign these contracts, you're not just signing them for what they're gonna do, but you're gonna you signing them and giving them that money because what they have done before in the past uh you can go and look at la for example they have uh quick and they have dowdy huge contracts dowdy's still productive but maybe a little bit overpaid but the Kings got two cups out of it and they're paying those players the amount they're paying them because of what they've done and accomplished um if the ducks can go ahead and win two more cups the next five years then fine like go ahead and overpay people because at least we got those cups out of the way and we have that um I don't know if I I, I want to say... I mean, last night I missed Perry after seeing that video because, like, man, just to see how much he loved the team. But I understand it's business. Um, I, I still don't agree with the buyout at all, especially coming this season where we didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know if Murray just expected all these young kids to just... It's like start scoring at McDavid kind of level, but you, you can't do that. Just like when you and Jordan were on the podcast, you, you can't expect these, these youngsters to come up there and, and produce at that ridiculous rate and, and do a, 100, a 180 turnaround and, and have this team as a contending cup with, with a lack of experience. It doesn't work that way. Um, I think we should have held on to Perry this year until we got this new system ready to, to go. And then if a buyout's still available, buy him out next year. But, I mean, now we're stuck with... A six-plus million dollar hit uh, for uh, from Perry's contract next season. And he's not even going to be, you know, he's still not playing with us. So that's the thing that frustrates me the most. Uh, um, on the flip side of that, I, I do like the fact that Murray went out and did something that he's not really prone to do: is taking a chance or making kind of a big move. I think a buyout of that caliber and of, uh, of that player um, and everything he's done for your organization that was a really hard move. So I, I I'm, I'm happy that Murray went out of his comfort zone and did that, but I still don't think it was the right move to make. And yeah, you know, having Perry on the team this season, it, it probably wouldn't have done anything different. We probably would still be in the same space we were in, but at least you know we, we wouldn't have to be stuck with a contract next year of six million dollars. And at least we we probably would have got a couple more fights out of it in some Perry antics.
0: Yeah, I think that's the issue I have too I understand where people are saying okay he's not scoring as many goals the last couple of years he got hurt you know why are we paying a guy to score less than 20 goals you know over eight million I, I totally get that part I, that I, I understand the frustration there and why people are upset. My thing too, like you, and I, I don't understand how the buyout works. I don't know why it was only two something million this year and then the other couple of years down the road. But for some reason next year it's over six million. I you know, I the CBA is so complicated. I understand parts of it and I and I can relay some of that on here <laughs> and in articles here and there after reading it a lot. It's got a lot of legalese terms and, and whatnot. But that's the thing. I'm with you. I, I don't like the fact that we have to pay him $6.5 next year and he's not even on the team. And and now you have also Kessler, which we've talked about on several different shows. We don't know what, what his status is. We know he's not um, staying out in California anymore. He's back in the Midwest uh, with all his hip stuff. I mean, yeah, the Ducks might get that money back on the LTR next year if he doesn't come back. But, I mean, $6.5 to pay someone not to play on your team, that's a lot of money for, you know, I know it's one season, but that's a lot. Uh, That kind of bothers me. That's why I was with you. If they were going to at least try, you know, to wait till next year to do a buyout, and then it it obviously would have been less. I don't know how much because, like I said, the CBA is, you know, cray-cray, it's confusing. But that's the thing that kills me. And with the team that they, they have now with all the injuries and everything going on, I don't think having Corey Perry on the team this year would have really stunted a lot of the younger guys uh guys opportunities that much. I really don't because if you're looking at this team, they're bringing up players left and right. Um and and we've seen that and the I mean half of the Ducks forwards have been uh, you know goals players in the past for a majority of this season unfortunately. So that's my take on it. I, I mean, I understand the production, like you said, paying a guy that kind of money and then he ends up, you know, more like a bottom six guy instead of a top six guy. I, I totally get that part. I, I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, so it's a tough situation, you know, and, and it was a very emotional night uh, on that game uh, against Dallas. And like I said, it was an emotional night for me on. Um, the Nashville game as well so it's been you know it's been a crazy week but um, crazy month <laughs> yeah yeah crazy 2020 right I mean it's we're barely in the new year and all kinds of things are going on but um, we'll get we'll get everybody caught up now we have got a lot of uh, team news and things to talk about in the next segment uh, the all-star game we'll hit on too and then we'll um, you know, finish up with uh, league news we got some updates on some of the stories that Eddie and I had talked about on the last show too if you missed it so um, as far as the team goes they are getting healthier. That is some of the good news. Um, I found out uh, from one of my sources that it looks like Derek Grant is going to return pretty soon. Uh, I know the team did say that uh, they were talking about maybe after the All-Star break. I'm hearing that he's, he's pretty good to go. It, it, he might be here before the All-Star break. We'll see. But he's definitely um, on back on track, which is good news. Uh, Richie is uh, looking to come back probably after the All-Star break. Uh, You remember Holzer went down. looks like he's good as well. So you've got some good news there as far as the uh, Ducks getting players back. They also, the crazy one out of all this, Eddie, is uh, Troy Terry. Uh, He was supposed to be out for like 10 weeks. It's only been three or four weeks, and he's already back on a conditioning loan now in San Diego. So that's some pretty good news.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering about that. I really hope he's not trying to rush himself because he thinks he has to heal up to to still be in the lineup. I I really hope that he's, you know, 100 healthy. Because I I would hate to see a player of his potential and caliber go down even longer if he wasn't ready to, to come back. But if he is, that that's pretty awesome of him. And I guess it must be good to be young. <laughs> I just had my I just had my birthday recently on the second, and I pulled my groin three weeks ago and I tried to play last week and I re-pulled it so I'm still dealing with that. I can't even skate out. I can't even shoot the puck right now. So I'm like, man, back when I was 19, 20, oh man, I I'd, I'd fall head first into the boards, have my arm twisted a certain way and I'm ready to go in the next shift. But, yeah, I really hope that um that he just, you know, he goes down there, he gets conditioned, uh, he's 100% healthy and and he can get his confidence down there too. It's a little bit of slower pace, not too much, but uh, a player with with his potential, he, he can be a, an effective top 6 player. Um, who knows? He you he have no idea what these kids can become. So, uh good for him. Um Derek Grant, I'm so happy to have Grant back. He, he Grant's been kind of a Uh, One of those players that just seems to just click well with the Ducks and has success with the Ducks. I really hope he exceeds his career highs this season when he comes back. I'm sorry to say this. I don't like to talk that negatively about players, but I haven't really noticed Nick Ritchie gone. Like He hasn't played bad this season, but he's not really noticeable. Like, okay, I'm watching the games, and he's not really one of those things where you're we watching, like, oh, I wish we had Nick Richie back or Nick Richie. Yeah, there's games where, we're like, oh, like games we talk about, Mike. Like, oh, I wish Grant was here. Grant would have done this. He would have done that. But I don't know. I still think, even though he's played a lot better this season, I think it's time for a change of scenery for Richie. I think he'll find different success, and what we can get back for him, I don't know. That's just my opinion, just thinking about it. I haven't really noticed anything uh, from Richie since he's been gone, and even the games that he's been like played before, minus some of the big hits, a couple good goals he's scored. Um, I really haven't seen Richie as a factor this season at all.
0: No, I'm with you on that. And a lot of people have talked about that. And if you didn't hear too, on the last show, Jordan and I talked about the trade deadline and what we thought would happen. We even talked about Silverberg because there were some people out there saying, oh, well, he's, you know, got the the league or excuse me, the team lead and goals. He's, you know, made the all-star game, which obviously he's not going to be. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so we were talking about what kind of moves would Murray make. And uh, Jordan from the athletic was like, I don't think they're going to make a lot of moves. And I don't think they are either. Uh, I think some of the names, though, that we've talked about, and we will have you know more shows about this as, as it comes closer because it's not till February, but I'm with you. I think Nick Ritchie is one of the names you want to watch uh, to see if he gets traded. I, I mean, it, definitely for sure he could be uh, one that gets moved. Another one, too, I hate to say it, and some, some people might be like, what are you talking about? But uh, Sprong is another one that pops on my radar. And, and the reason why I say that is because... You know, when uh, there was times that we thought he would get called up. He didn't. Other players got called up and played this season. Um, the thing that was kind of weird, I don't know if you noticed this in last night's game, Eddie, but I thought he played a pretty good game, and then he was benched and didn't play uh, about five minutes of the end of the game last night. So that was kind of weird to me that he was out, and the fact that he's kind of been passed over uh, at times, Uh, you know for other players that are coming up whether right or wrong or indifferent uh, that's another one that I look at too is saying okay so if the Ducks are going to trade I don't think they're going to do anything major neither did Jordan and I think you've said the same but if we're looking at players and you're saying okay the Ducks might be moving some people I, I think Nick Ritchie is definitely one you look at And to me, uh, I I don't want him traded. I'm just saying it seems kind of weird that he's been passed over and and not. He's been at times benched, especially last night too, because he actually had a decent game against uh, Dallas, one of the few players that was playing well, Um, you know, Eddie. So those are two names that I see that are maybe thrown out there. And I think another one, you and I talked about this too, is Devin Shore. uh, Or at least not bringing him back. That was another one that we weren't as impressed with. But those are kind of like, I guess the three names, unless you have any others you want to add in there, that, hey, keep your eye on these players up until the trade deadline. They they may get moved or not.
1: I think someone that's kind of flying under the radar and might have a little bit more value than than people think is uh, Delorier. Someone of his, uh, his, his style of play, uh, his grittiness, and his willing to drop the gloves for his teammate. I think he would uh, pay dividends for a team. Uh, when they're making a playoff run when those hits are up and you need that aggression you need that a that, uh, fourth line that can not only just drop the gloves but he can make plays he, he can score he can get in front of the net he can get all those dirty areas that that sandpaper kind of guy uh, i think he might have some value to him and there's i'm pretty sure there's some teams that might shoot a, a decent you know, amount to get him just for a playoff run uh he's One of those players, a lot of Ducks fans didn't know who the hell he was, and he's quickly making a name for himself. Leads the league in fights, and I think right now, and I'll say this, that I think he's the league's best fighter this season. Uh, I think he's lost one fight against McDermott when he uh, fought him in the Kings, and that's it. The rest of the fights, even fi- fighting guys twice his size, and he just doesn't give up. And I, one of my buddies too was mentioning that how he had a smile on his face while he was fighting. That's just freaking awesome. He just he loves that. I, I love the kind of player he is. Yeah, I, I don't want him to get traded at all. I'm not. I'm not the, coming out here saying oh trade him, trade him. No, definitely not. I'm still pissed off about the Wagner trade. Like, yeah. I, I'll never understand that. I, I that's that's kind of one of those things. Uh yeah, it's that bothers me, but I think some teams might be asking if if they can get DeLaurier. and if we can get something back for him. Um, if he doesn't have any like long-term plans for the future, that would be great and ho- hopefully he has success. He will have success because the the way he plays. So I think that's one of the names that might, you know, be considered for trade sprong and richie i don't think sprong is gonna come trade deadline if Sprong's still a member of the ducks it's gonna be really surprising to me i I just it doesn't seem like he's part of their plans Uh, i know he has issues playing that two-way game that they want um i think it should just play to your strength if he's a goal scorer and that's his mentality then i mean i think it's kind of wrong to try to make a player transition to a different kind of game like yeah, I get it. Adapting, to variable change, and, and having you a, an all-around player is good. But I mean, are you going to sit there and tell Vetchkin to sit there and, and play a better D as a, as a, a, a sniper, or hey, you need to pass the puck more? No, hell no. I think a, a team that gets him should just let him loose and let him play the game that he plays because he has an amazing shot and, and he loves to score and he's hungry for it. But uh, come trade deadline, if or before that, if Sprong still never in the Ducks, I'll be really surprised.
0: Yeah, you make a good point too about the two-way game. And and I remember people talking about Perry that way too, saying, Well, Perry doesn't play defense that much. He doesn't back check and things like that. And I don't disagree when people say that, but my response to those of you, if you're out there listening and you're saying, Well, that's how Perry was. He didn't play a lot of defense. You know, that's that's another reason why I should trade him. Okay, well, when did he ever play a lot of defense? Corey Perry was never known for defense, let's be honest. He was known for going into the net. Getting in those dirty areas, uh, antagonizing opposing goalies and scoring goals. You, you know, being in the right place, at the right time, and being in a net front a net front presence. So, and like you said, Ovechkin too. I mean, there's certain guys that that's not their game. They're they're more offensive minded. They're not going to be as well rounded. Uh, you know, two way player. Um, you're not always going to have everybody that plays uh, a forward or defenseman that's going to be able to do both all the time. I mean, that's ideal. You would like to have a team that can play across the rink all the way uh you know of course you do you you want that but sometimes you have players that are really good at a certain aspect of a game and maybe not so much at another that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad player but it, it, it's like you said it, it depends on your scheme and what you want for this team and it seems like to me murray and akins they really want a balanced approach um defense first kind of a uh, thing and then let the scoring chances come, and that's that's their philosophy, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just their style of game, so he doesn't seem to fit in that plan, that's why I mentioned him as one of the ones that they could throw out there, uh, unfortunately, that that might get traded, so I, I would keep your eyes on some of those players, I, I would even keep your eye on uh, Kasha too, uh, and I know a lot of you got up in arms when he was in all, you know, all the rumors at the beginning of the season, but that's another one I'd look at, I'm, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't trade him at this point right now, I think he's been doing pretty good this season for the Ducks, but it's another one on there um, that I could see. So, uh, I mean, like we said, we'll have stuff closer to season. And you can um, check it out and we'll talk more in depth about it. But that's what we're seeing right now. One other little move that they did make, too, is that uh, Chase DeLeo was brought up as well. So that's kind of what's going on with the team and the injury news and roster moves and things to watch out. Um, the other big part of this was the news today, which it kind of leads into the league news, too. But we'll talk about it is Silverberg. Uh, the good news is Silverberg is going to have a baby towards the end of this month. So he doesn't want to play in the all-star game and he has been excused from the all-star game. Uh, I'm glad I recorded that show with Jordan, uh, from the athletic earlier this week, because we talked about him being in the all-star game and his trade value and all this stuff. And, and now of course he's, he's hurt and he's not, uh, in the all-star game and, and he's got his, uh, obviously his family to take care of, which of course family is, is of the utmost importance. Um, you know, uh, in most people's minds, uh, rightfully so. So he's out. And the issue then became was, okay, who's going to replace him? So then the league said that they're going to put in Max Pacioretty. Of course, now the next question that most of you out there are saying is, well, why not Ryan Getzloff? Why, why is Silverberg in there um, getting pulled out and then not getting replaced with a Ducks player? Why is it a Vegas player? So I actually hit up Eric Stevens right when all the news came out and he and I were talking back and forth about this. And the stuff that he was told, uh, you know, preliminary about this is a lot of it is based upon the production, how the player does. You know, I mean, that's kind of common sense. So Pacioretty, if you look at the last man in uh, boating on the NHL website uh, in the Western Conference, he has uh, the most points, him and David Perron. They both have 45 points. Um, so there's that aspect of it. There's also the aspect that Fleury pulled out. Vegas didn't have a player. And I know, granted, um, the Ducks didn't have a player now either, technically. I mean, Silverberg's still the representative, but he but he's, you know, obviously, because of the, the personal stuff going on, he's out. So there's that issue going on. And uh, Eric Stevens and I were talking. The other part is uh, Gatzloff would rather have the time off, which a lot of people talk about that too. So... There's those couple things going on there as far as the point production. And then also one thing I'll, I'll mention before I let you chime in, Eddie, is if you look at the website and you look at the last man in candidates for the Western Conference, amongst the forwards, Getzloff is one of the lowest in terms of points. He has 30 points. The only other one lower than him is Jamie Benn of Dallas, so he's on the lower, you know, side uh, of those point totals. Not saying that he shouldn't be in there. I'm just telling you the rating system that's going on as far as by production, as Eric Stevens and I talked about. So that's a big issue there. Uh, but I, I see some people are upset, Eddie. They they think that if you pull out, you know, a player from your team, that you should be able to put in another player if you if you're not going to have one at all. Um, what do you think about all this? Uh, it's kind of kind of crazy because now <laughs> we don't have anybody in the All Star game.
1: I'm kind of going the opposite. I, I don't really like the All Star game, to be honest. I'm not a fan of it. It's not one of those things where I mark my calendar. And honestly, I can't even tell you when the hell the All Star game is because that's how much I, I don't care about it. Um, I think uh, Getzloff getting. I don't know if he got passed on or whatnot. Uh, Pat Reddy is more than deserving. He's had a great season so far. Um, congrats to him, regard, uh, regardless. But gets off uh, he's been part of that he's been you know, in the league for a while he's a veteran player he's you know he has more years or he has less years he's gonna play before he retires and maybe he didn't want to play maybe he wanted those days off and and i i don't blame him I, I think it's wrong for the league to force players to play in the all-star game and then suspend them if they decline it i, I just i don't i don't agree with that and I mean, yeah, I get it. Some fans love the all-star game. They're probably looking all mad at me right now, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to bash it. I mean, I'll watch it here if it's on and I'm nothing to do. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll go in and watch. But I don't really see an issue with them not having any representatives. Um, some people were – I read comments saying that the league's against the Ducks and always trying to do this to the Ducks. I don't think it's it's that point. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I don't know if they approached Getzloff and asked him – I don't know how the voting's going. Maybe Getzloff has more votes for the Pacific than Pacharetti. So they're replacing Pacharetti, and they're they're going to add Getzloff. I I have no idea. Regardless of me, I, I really don't care. It just, I just I think, um, I, I think it's kind of wrong to kind of force you know you it, you're kind of okay. Here's the way I see it: you're punishing players because of their performance. Them playing so well and making them play extra hockey, while the other players that didn't make the All Star game get a few days off. Uh, that just doesn't really jive well with me. It's 82 game season. Th- these players have families, they have lives. Um, even in the off season, they barely have time to do anything because they're training all the time just to be ready. Uh, this game moves fast and if you take the extended time off and not train at all, I mean come to training camp, you can lose your spot to someone else and you're done. that's how fast it happens. It's, it's business. So uh, I'm not really bent out of shape. Um, it would have been cool to see Silverberg, you know, you know, just kind of get rewarded for all his hard work he's done. I, I'm pretty sure he was excited for that, that opportunity too, but family's more important and, you know, I wish him and, and his, you know, second child all the best and congratulations to, to him and his significant other. Um, I'm wondering who always a name that would name the baby if it's a boy or Mike or Eddie and just kind of wondering that
0: yeah i don't know maybe grant will have a say so in that you know maybe he'll get to say oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe he will bet him something and then grant will have to weigh
1: in <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for that thing i i think we're gonna have a full episode on, on when grant's best friend has a baby and what's the name gonna be i think they i hope they do like a, a like some kind of video or gender or not gender reveal video but like a name reveal oh That's yeah. gonna be funny that grant has that honor I, I don't have that honor. I need to bet some of my friends that are having kids is stuff. like, hey, if I do this, can I uh, name your kid? But I doubt they'll trust me because I'll name him something weird like Brzezgalov or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it, you know, the other part of it too, don't forget, Silverberg's out with an injury right now too. Uh, we don't know the extent of how bad it is, but obviously, you know, he went out in the Columbus game. He didn't play in the Dallas game. Uh, the Ducks are going to have an upcoming road trip here with a few games before the, uh, the break. So, Maybe he would have been out anyways, even if it wasn't for the timing of, of uh, his baby to be born. So there, there's that to factor in it, too. I'm not really that upset that he's not in it. Uh, he's got to take care of his family and, obviously, his personal health. As far as Getzloff not getting in there, like I said, Eric and I talked about it. Uh, and Like you were talking about, Getzloff rather have the days off. You know, being a more senior guy in the league, uh, like you said, you, you want to rest. I mean, it's not a big deal to be in the All-Star game. Um, And, and, you know, Getzlaff has been having a decent season. I mean, if you do look, like I said, you can go on the website there and you can look at all the players, the last man in. Uh, I'm not saying not to vote for him because we did. We were were talking about that on the other podcast. Vote for him, vote for him to try and get him in if you want. Go for it. But... If you go by the production and goals, assists, and points, and all that kind of stuff, he, he's towards the bottom of those people that were in that last man-in group. So that's why him not, get, not getting in there, I'm not really that upset about it. The other part of it, too, is they put out those jerseys for the All-Star game, and I can't stand them. I think they're completely ugly. Uh, that's, just, that's my two cents. I think they're terrible. I, I'm sorry. I, I like the ones from last year. I know a lot of people didn't like the black and white theme. Uh, with the gray kind of mixed in for the San Jose one. I actually liked him. And some of you see me at the game. I wear the black one all the time. I, I think it, it looks great and it's like super comfortable. The problem with these jerseys I have is the color scheme is terrible. I, I understand the note sheet theme and everything in St. Louis. I totally get that. Nothing against that. I, I get it. But the Ducks coloring on their logo looks weird and some of the other teams look really weird uh if if your logo is black white silver gray anything like that it looks it looks fine but some of these colors I I don't know they're just too light to me Eddie I just I don't know they just kind of they they bug my eye when I look at them I'm just not really a big fan
1: yeah to just rewind a little bit about the talking about the all-star rosters too um just because a team that you cheer for, like one of their players pulls out, doesn't mean they automatically have to replace them with another player of that team. Correct. Um, it's just like I don't, I don't believe in like participation awards or things like that. I think it's just kind of, kind of dumb if if you do that. I'm not one. I wasn't. I was brought up different. Like my parents always said, be happy, like no matter what. But my mentality is like it's it's win or lose, period. Um, Silverberg and Getzloff are probably the only two players that deserve to be in the All-Star game. But adding anyone else into that mix, minus John Gibson, just because you need a representative, I think that's wrong. And it just it kind of delivers a bad message. Uh, and that's just my opinion. Uh, recently, when I had a tournament, we took second place. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to sit out there for the ceremony and get my silver medal at all. I was just pissed off. But I did it out of respect for the league. Sportsmanship. But I didn't put the medal on. I, I accepted it. I, I, as uh, as one of the captains on the team, I accepted it. And I, I went at it through that thing. But, I mean, I, I didn't want to be up there, and I didn't want to accept it. I didn't feel like I deserved it. I don't like a participation trophy. So if you guys are getting upset because the Ducks, you know, aren't or are, the league's not throwing out one of the other players like Raquel or Lindholm or Manson, I don't think any other player deserves to be an all-star minus um, Silverberg gets off, or Gibson. That's all I want to say on with that. Um, now we can talk about the jerseys. I'm not a fan of them either. It seems like uh, someone on Twitter, and I'm sorry, I should have looked up what you said. I, I, I retweeted it from my uh, personal account. Said it looks like they just put one of the stickers they give out, the orange stickers, on the jersey. I, I think they look terrible. Um, I wasn't a fan of last year's All Star one until I saw you have it, Mike, in person, and I was like, okay, you know what? That just looks badass in person, but with these, it's just—they look terrible. It, it looked bad. Uh, we put out what we wanted on Ducks and Pucks, and we got so many of you fans agreeing with us. Um, This—the oh, Ducks had an opportunity to, to to hit one and nail it out of the ballpark. If they would have do that old school Mighty Ducks logo, yeah, people are complaining about the little lines, but that's part of the whole music thing in St. Louis, and I think that's pretty cool with those lines. I think I'm one of the only few people that like those lines of the jersey. But that orange logo, it looks terrible. It looks bad, and I'm glad I'm not going to be. I have to spend money on buying one of those jerseys. It saves me money, which really doesn't, because I end up buying another jersey, so I'm kind of screwed anyways. But yeah, I, I think that. The Ducks should have at least tried with the the third, uh, the Mighty Ducks logo. I think that would have been fitting. It would have been better. I mean, yeah, fans from, like, other fan bases that, you know, I posted that, and they're, they're writing, like, oh, I'm a fan of so-and-so team, but I would have bought that if, you know, they had the Mighty Ducks logo on there. So, I mean, I guess it's all in all good. So, a lot of fans, since Ducks seem like they're not going to have any representatives at the All-Star game, at least we don't have to go out and spend that money. So I guess all that money you saved, you guys can uh, shoot it my way and buy me a beer at the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those those rising beer prices, as we talked about. But yeah, I just wasn't really a fan. I I didn't think that... And I just don't think it looks that good. I didn't think most of them looked that great. I, I think if the color scheme was better... Yeah, uh, I know some people talked about too if the logo was more black and orange, not just orange and white in terms of the the webbed D you know logo. I I, I could see that, and I think that was kind of issue. Just I don't know, it just rubs my eyes wrong. I just don't like how it looked. But like you said, you don't need to buy it because no one's gonna play in it. So I mean, the the jersey's kind of pointless right now. So um with that, we'll kind of uh, wrap up the show into the oh, last. My, yeah,
1: one more thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but. Uh... I forgot to add one more player into that mix of who could have been representing it at the All Star game. I think Delorie should be. Representing oh yes, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure all the other All Stars would probably hate him because he'll probably drop the gloves. I mean, I- I'm afraid to sit in the lower bowl and look at the wrong direction, Delorie, because if he wanted to fight me. I'd be like, you know what? I'll I'll knock my I'll knock myself out just to to spare me you beating me up. But yeah, yeah. throw it out though. We were joking about that earlier. Well,
0: yeah, we threw I threw it out there on Twitter too on the account. Everybody was cracking up at that. I'm like, yeah, come on, John Scott 2.0, let's go. You know, like <laughs> why not? So um, yeah, that was another one that we uh, jokingly threw out there. Obviously, but. Uh, yeah, we can uh, now proceed to the last uh, part. we we'll talk about league news uh, a little bit more on the All-Star. I know, Eddie, you want to talk about Detroit. Uh, Dylan Larkin, he kind of had some comments that kind of go in line with what Eric Stevens said about Getzloff and, and not wanting to play in the All-Star game.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Larkin was quoted saying, Please don't vote. I like my days off. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think he came back and said that it was, uh, you know, the wrong thing. He shouldn't have said that. And he should have came about it differently. Of course Brian Burke came out saying it's stupid. This is a good this is a good kid and he's a good player, but it's an honor to be part of the All-Star weekend for the National Hockey League and its sponsors and broadcast partners. R- hear that last sentence that I just read. Uh, for sponsors, broadcast, you know, and broadcast partners. That just goes to prove my point. That the All-Star game's a joke and you're just doing it for your sponsors and just to make more money for people that have a lot more money anyways. Um, I I think he shouldn't have doubled back on his comments and I think he's saying what a lot of players uh, are feeling he might be a little frustrated because he's on the Red Wings this season and we always talk about you know thank god I'm not a blank fan last year was Ottawa this year's the Red Wings I think they have 11 wins maybe 25 points they might have 27 I'm not sure but that's just you know Everyone's all freaked, like flipped out about the Ducks, but look around the league, and at least we can say that we're not the Red Wings. Um, I agree with his comments, and I I think I, I'm glad he he went and said them. Maybe he could have said it a little bit differently, but I, I think that's what a lot of other players feel. The, their days off are precious. Like I said, 82 games is it's tough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's why, trust me, I don't think Getzloff's really upset that he's not in there. I I think he's going to rather take his time off and whatnot and run with it. So um, like we said, so the all-star game, yeah, you want to watch it, go for it. I probably won't either, uh, or maybe I will. I don't know. Depends on what I'm doing that day, but it's definitely not going to be my primary uh, uh, goal for that day. Um, another little thing that did happen. We haven't had this happen in a while, Eddie. So the ducks did play Nashville this week and we, and we beat them. The one thing we were talking about, we were happy about, but we had a goal scored by a goalie Pecorine, whether or not you like Nashville, I get it. But Pecorine launched one, the length of the ice. First time it's happened in a while, Eddie.
1: Yeah, that that's awesome. Man. I don't care if it was dude in the wild, my, the team I hate dreadfully. <laughs> seen a goalie score a goal. It's just awesome. He's the uh, Nashville. They are the first NHL franchise to have a goal scored by two different goalies. So that was pretty good to see. Uh, the other was Chris Mason. He scored on April 15, 2006 against uh, the Coyotes. Um, do you guys remember? Uh, I know everyone knows Ron Hextall was the first goalie to, to score a goal by shooting it. And also to score a goal in the playoffs. But what people really don't know, and I didn't know until I looked it up, but Billy Smith on in 1979 for the Islanders was the first NHL goalie to be credited with the goal. It was due to a technicality because the, the last player that touched the puck accidentally put it into the empty net, a delayed penalty, and the goalie was the last one to touch it from the opposing team. So he got credit for the goal. Yeah, yeah, we, we all don't like Nashville, but that you know, blah blah blah. But that was actually pretty good to see. It's rare you see goalie score a goal. I think the only thing better is if you've seen a goalie fight.
0: Yes, goalie fights are always a must for sure. That's one of my favorite. Go, especially going back to Detroit, Colorado, uh, when they were a big rivalry. That was one you and I talked about last night too. So that that was just awesome to see that if you haven't seen a, you know a goalie. Uh, score and that was a long bomb too. I mean, he launched that thing almost two <laughs> thirds, three fourths of the ice. I mean, it was awesome. That a great play. It was almost like dead center. I mean, it was amazing. So I mean, yeah, you know, we don't like Nashville, but hey, anytime a goalie gets in a fight or scores a goal, then like I perk my ears up too
1: oh yeah definitely uh before i get into more league news i want to just talk about oc animal care and give them a shout out i'm going to have this show dedicate to them but i'm going to do a little twist this time um i want to give my heart and my prayers out to australia and all the animals over 500 million that uh that deceased and that are that's lost their habitat due to pretty much negligence of of man and when i say man i say humans it's Really heartbreaking for me, and I feel like I'm 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 a tough tough person, but when it comes to animals, something clicks differently, and I have a soft spot. And I, I see a lot of people um, always talking crap about celebrities only donating five hundred thousand and or a million, but they're sitting on their computers not donating any damn thing, and. And I what bothers me the most is people that say, "Oh, if I had the money, I could have." It reminds me of when people come up to me and, and I'm sorry if you if you listening have done this before, it just kind of bothers me that that say to me like, "If I could have, I would have joined the military." That's what it seems like. I mean, it, it takes fifty cents to a dollar. If if we all can just donate fifty cents or a dollar to Australia, uh, to the people, to their their country, or to the animals, that's definitely what I've donated to. Um, and we can all make a difference. It just takes one person to to start it, another person to do it. And like I said, if if it's you know, I, I understand financial difficulties. Trust me, I'm not rich at all, and I, I get by you know, paycheck to paycheck at times. But, I mean, a a dollar helps, you know, with whatever you have. So, uh, just uh, as dedicating the show to OC Animal uh, Care that that are are part of our partners too now. I want to just throw that shout out to Australia. And it's just just really sad and sucks all the animals. So, on that note, uh, enough of the the sad stuff. Um, Bieber versus Bennington. Uh, The St. Louis, uh, it's on. So we're going to have Justin Bieber taking on Jordan Bennington. Uh, whatever goal he scores is going to be 10000 to charity. That should be fun. Um, there's no more details. I'm maybe thinking they might have something at the All-Star weekend and have Bieber there and face off against Bennington. I don't know. Maybe it's an offseason thing, but that's still going to be fun to watch. And I'll, I'll tune in. Uh, hopefully Chris Pronger's there and uh, he hits Bieber again against the glass. But that'd be funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I know we talked about it on the last show, and we didn't know it was going to happen. So the fact that that's going to happen, I'm I'm definitely going to watch that.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that like we're just recording and not like videotaping this because people would make fun of me wearing my Justin Believer shirt. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm just playing. But yeah, let's shift over to New York. The Rangers, uh, Ryan Lindgren, he had a hearing for a hit to the head on abs forward Donskoy. I'm reading about this because he didn't get suspend he uh, he didn't get suspended by the league. However, Nazim Kadri ended up beating the crap out of him after that play and kind of stuck up for his teammate. Uh, Lindgren came out and said that he respects guys who protect their teammates and stand up for their teammates, and he says he didn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, just a point that this, this is an example of ice justice. Yeah, it you know the league determined it was a clean hit. Uh, some fans might think it's questionable, regardless. But I think it was handled the right way. And unfortunately, Donskoy is dealing with concussion protocol right now. But I think Kadri standing up for his teammate, Lindgren answering, answering the bell and then fighting. I think that's a pure example of ice justice. Everyone can move on next game. The Avs and Rangers play. It's not going to be like, oh, he has a target on his back. No, what's done is done. It's over and we can move on from there. So I think that's a good example of what ice justice is. Um, to follow up a story we talked about, to Lias Anderson, uh, him requesting a trade for disturbing incidents. Him and his agent went out and said it wasn't due to mental health. Um, it's something that happened between him and the Rangers. He's not ready to talk about it. Uh, I'm sure it's going to come out soon, so we're all going to wait and see what's going on, going on from there. Uh, Logan, Logan Couture from the San Jose Sharks have a small fracture. On his talus bone—that's the bone between the heel bone, and the tibia, amphibia, whatever—I didn't take anatomy. He's out for six weeks, so uh, Thomas Hurdle took his spot in the All-Star game. Now, this is another uh, fun story that I think we both want to talk about, Mike. But uh, in Tampa Bay, so Alex K- Killorn—and I apologize if I got that name wrong—but apparently he knocked over a fan's beer uh, when the fan was right there by the glass during warm-ups. He went to the bench, came back, and gave the fan twenty dollars to buy another beer. I think that is freaking awesome. Like he probably got it from the trainers or one of the coaches. Like oh, I'll pay you back once after, but. Come on, having a player come over there and give you twenty bucks. I wouldn't have spent that twenty bucks. I would have just saved that, had him sign it and just framed it. Because that is so awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's pretty hilarious. And and like we we always complain about beer price at Honda Center or or any sporting event. I mean, that's just the way it is. But yeah, for him to go do that, that's pretty funny. And I'm with you. I would have had him sign it and I would have just kept you know, like, hey, just initial this this bill and I just keep it. But that is pretty cool to see something like that, you know, where a little accident happens and then you're like Ah oh, man. Then you go back and, and you get them uh, money to go buy another one. So that was a pretty funny and cool moment.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, let's shift over to the Hurricanes. We talked about in the last show that Justin Williams was close to re-signing. Well, it's official. He's back on a one-year deal. That has a bunch of incentives about games played, about making the playoffs, each playoff win. So he has a you know twenty you know one hundred and fifty k here, hundred k there, two fifty k there. So if you guys want to look that name up uh, and find out those incentives, go ahead. Uh, another fun story uh, coming back to the Toronto Maple Leafs. A parent wanted their kid to have, or I guess the kid wanted the Toronto Maple Leafs cake. So they went to the whichever cake place that does cakes. So Unfortunately, they didn't have a template for the Maple Leafs. There was some miscommunication saying that they were going to use a different leaf. They ended up using uh, Toronto Maple um, Maple Leaf Food Company. I guess it's a Toronto company that does meats and stuff. Um, they posted it on, on social media. And what happened next was awesome because that meat company went back and responded saying, you know, they wanted to help the kid and, and put his thumbs up. Because I guess the parents put thumbs down on the cake because it wasn't official Toronto Maple Leafs cake so they're going to send the kid and his family to a maple leaves game and they're going to send them meat products and uh, this is like this is public relations 101 right here this is a way to 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 get your your product and brand out there i didn't know what this brand was i'm following them now because seeing this but i really think they just wanted to help this little boy out of the kindness of their heart yeah of course you get that social media attention and, and you know get some free advertisement as well but i think they wanted to try to make this kid's birthday better so Mike I, I think this is this is really great and I'm a public relations major and this is the kind of things that that I want to do to help products and brands grow and to turn something negative something into something positive
0: yeah absolutely and I think you and I have talked about that on this show all the time I mean I know we talked about it on the last week's show too uh, about different people's opinions and things like that. And yeah, I mean that that happened too. Uh, we actually talked about this. I had a, made a, a shirt a little while back that some people got upset about, and so um, I ended up donating all the proceeds of that shirt to charity. I was like, that's fine, you know. I I, I don't. I was like, I get it. Some people didn't like uh, the way that the shirt was made and whatnot. And I'm not going to rehash the story. But the bottom line is, is I did what you and I were just talking about is turning a negative into positive because people were like, well, you're making this for profit and yada, yada, yada. So I said, okay, well, I won't make it for profit. I'll just give all the money away. And that's what I did. So, uh, you know, that's the way that I think that you have to do things, Eddie, is you have to look at those negative type situations and see how you can find the good out of it and turn it back around. And we're, we're human. We make mistakes. I, you know, I'm not perfect.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, and just to let you guys know, like uh, we appreciate the Patreon supporters. And, and I don't care if you donate a dollar. I don't care if you donate a thousand dollars, the sponsors that we have. It just... We don't make any money off of it trust me we use that to giveaways and I don't keep a track record but all the giveaways that we do the shipping uh, and then all the hours and hard work we put in I'm not complaining at all I don't care about it I do it because I I love I love covering the ducks and I love being part of ducks and pucks and I think everyone that writes and it's part of it does it for that reason. But I, I really hope that, you know, still, I know there's some people that think, oh, they're just trying to make money off people. They're, oh, they oh, you know, they have Patreon. They just want, you know, the no, it's nothing like that at all. We just do it to make the show better, the, the equipment better. Uh, we have better equipment. Mike, you sent me, you know, a, a really good microphone and, and helped the sound improve immensely. And all that just comes from, you know, most of it's from our, both of our pockets, which none of us are going to complain about. And I don't complain about either so, uh, at all. But yeah it's just one of those things that just it helps make the show better so when we talk about like oh join patreon or or if we make shirts and we're and we're planning to make a a shirt for the oc animal care like a little donation uh you buy a shirt we're going to donate the proceeds to to oc animal care things like that but yeah i just we don't just make it to go and buy a ferrari or whatever the hell people think that we meant, especially for that josh manson shirt no it's just we do it for the passion and we do it to to put money back into the show to make it that much better to go ahead and give more giveaways mike last season i remember you gave away a suite to a few fans and that was pretty cool but that, that's all we do and even me personally when, when i have extra money and i see a good deal on a jersey or i see something that i know fans would want i'll pick it up and i'll just you know hey retweet this or hey follow this or or tell me your favorite memory of the Ducks, and we'll send it to you. So it's just us us giving back and, and us making Ducks and Pucks better because what's the, mo- the most important thing is obviously hockey, Anaheim Ducks, but uh, the brand of Ducks and Pucks, and that's, that, that's all that we care about.
0: Yeah, and if you want to join that Patreon website, it's uh, patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. And on there, we give away uh, game tickets um, to a couple different games throughout uh, the season each month. Uh, I just randomly pick people. We also give away a $200 gift card uh, with the help of Cool Hockey, obviously. So you can go out there and buy <clears throat> whatever jersey you want. Like, we, you know, we hope you buy a Ducks jersey. But if you want to buy a, a another team or another player that you like on another team, you're more than welcome to do that as well. So we have those giveaways. And then random stuff, too, that comes up. Like uh, Eddie said, we had a suite last season and uh, tried to invite as many of the Patreon uh you know, donators that I could and it it worked out. I got most of them there. So it was good. I'm going to try and do something towards the end of the season too. I'm not quite sure yet, but we'll think of something. So it's always good to go on there. We also have our Ducks and Pucks shirts that were remade. I just talked to our guy today about those and those are gonna be uh, sent out to you too as well. So if you haven't got them yet, it's been a while, I'm sorry, but now they're finally done and they're gonna be sent out. The hats were done a long time ago, but now the shirts are finally getting done. And that you can check out at uh, bit.ly slash Um You can go check that out and, and get some Ducks and Pucks shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and whatnot. So um, with that, we'll uh, see how the Ducks do on this road trip. And we'll be back in a week. Let's go Ducks.